Hello, everybody. Welcome to Hey Watch This. I'm Paul Goble. I'm David Bax. And uh, this is our special Oscar telecast. Sure, yeah. Uh, only in the sense that we're recording it early because right. the Oscars are tonight. So and you have big plans for the Oscars like every year, right? I'm going to watch them. <laughs> yeah. uh, with who? All your friends? Just my wife. <laughs> That's what I said. Burn. <laughs> Uh, can I ask you real quick? Yes. Uh, whom are you wearing? <laughs> Hanes, <laughs> socks, and t-shirt, and underwear. Actually, yeah. I'm uh, all Michael Jordan. Yes. You know what? Was just a, a little peep behind the curtain. Yeah. The one time you don't offer me a glass of water when I get here is the time that I forgot to bring a water bottle. But you, so I don't have any water. What an a-hole! Aren't we? <laughs> but aren't we beyond that? Aren't you to the point where if you wanted something, you would at least ask? No, if I, not, I, it's on me because I almost always bring a water bottle. Right. That's why I, I no longer I, I no longer offer it. And but I didn't today, and now I'm screwed. This reminds me of the time, the very first time I did your podcast, Battleship Pretension. Oh, I know this story. Tyler even yeah. called me, or I, maybe he wrote me an email to say. Uh, is there any particular snacks you would like? And I was like, no, don't worry about it. He goes, well, my wife is very accommodating. And I'm like, okay, great. Whatever she wants to make will be good. And there was popcorn and there was was fresh baked chocolate chip cookies and bottled water. Because I had just recently had the weight loss surgery, so I couldn't eat a lot of stuff anyways. And so I was like, it really doesn't matter. But, of course, I walked in. The place smelled like chocolate chip cookies. It was awesome. And they were delicious. And, of course... Everyone falls in love with Jenny the minute they meet her, so it couldn't be it couldn't have been a nicer experience. Cut to my second appearance on the show, and I'm stuck outside waiting to be fucking buzzed in forever. And then I get there, David's smoking by the front door. I have to walk through his smoke, and I go, "Hi, I'm here. Where's the cookies?" And they're like, "Yeah, it's up your ass. Sit down, fatty. We got a show to fucking do." Jenny threw a beer can at me and walked out of the room. And it's never been the same. But you explained it away by saying, well, you know, relationships change. You used to be that guy I I would watch on TV and think, man, he's hilarious and cool. I can't wait to meet him. And now you're the guy whose texts I don't return. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember when you said that? Is that how I phrased it? Yeah, we were at Wet Willie's at Comic-Con that night. Uh, And you you said it. So (laughs) I I always think about that when people don't return my texts. (laughs) Um, but we are recording early, so uh, everybody can hunker down and watch the Oscars. Yeah. So I personally don't give a fuck, but Brooke wants to watch. So I do want to see what Chris Rock has to say at the beginning. That's the number one reason I'm watching. Absolutely. And everyone's going to be talking about it. So, But uh, you know, who knows what else will happen. I was talking to someone about it last night. I was lifting last night, making a little money. And not, I picked, not, not, not like lifting like in the prison yard. I think like, uh, even people who have never met me know what I mean <laughs> when I say that. Um, but I picked up these people because it's all, you know, I picked them up right at, in Hollywood there. And they're all getting ready for the Oscars. Fences up and shit. And, you know, it's insane yeah. down there. And so I was complaining about it with uh, the couple I had picked up. <laughs> and this girl was crazy. She was a female. And she's like, fuck the Oscars. Can you fucking believe that bunch of jerk-offs? And uh, at one point I said, the thing is, every year I watch the Oscars, somebody makes somebody says something that makes me feel bad. Uh, whether it's, you know, uh, what's his name? The Titanic. Whether it's James Cameron going, I'm the king of the world. Yeah. And I go, ugh, that's gross. Or Julie. He, held, he had a moment of silence. Right. For the... 
people who die in the Titanic, and then right? he said, now let's party till dawn. Yeah, I, it feels gross. <laughs> or when Julia Roberts went, oh, I love my life, and I went, yeah, I would too if I were you. Why, why are you rubbing it in everyone's face? And I said that, and the girl in the back goes, yeah, right? Eat a dick, bitch. <laughs> I'm so hard. I've never heard a woman say that. It made me laugh. And I had to turn around as she was getting out so I could get a good look at her. Uh She looked totally normal. I expected her to look weird, but she was a totally normal looking woman. Uh, And I had to share this story. This happened actually last weekend when I was lifting. But I was in Pasadena, like right when the bars got out. You know, it's super crazy at that point. So I'm going to pick up this girl who's super drunk. And I'm like, hi, I'm here. You know, where are you? And she's like, um, I'm right out here on the corner. I'm like, corner of what? She goes, oh, hold on. And she hands the phone to a dude. And he's like, hi, can you come get us? I'm like, yeah, where are you? He goes, uh, I'm right on the corner of Flower and One Way. <laughs> and I said, you're on the Flower. I gave him the benefit of the doubt. But I said, you're on, the, on Flower and what? And he's like, Flower and One Way. And I said, all right, I'll be right there. And then I canceled. <laughs> and we moved on. Oh, that was uh, that was hilarious. Um, That's very funny. Yeah, right. So, in terms of what went on this week, uh, saw the Vivich. Uh-huh. Brooke and I went and saw the Vivich yesterday. It's pretty good. It's not for those of you who think it's super scary. It's not like a shocking, scary movie. Uh-huh. It's just a. It's like an old folklore about. Because all the apparently all the dialogue and everything that happened in the movie is taken from writings from like the Puritan New England era where the movie takes place. So it's all, you know, weird shit you heard about witches growing up and stealing babies and stuff. But it's really a well-told story and well-acted. The only downside is it's, you know, they all speak in New England Puritan language. Thee and thou and thy and all that shit. So sometimes it's... And they have English accents. And not even the same. Like the girl, the star of it, her accent's like really Irish. So... Just because I'm sure that's her natural accent. But sometimes it's hard to understand what they're fucking saying. And there's no subtitles. Uh, Which, that would have been awful. I would have hated that. But it's a good movie. You would have hated the subtitles? Yes. More than not understanding what they're saying? Yep. (laughs) It honestly would have made it worse for me. Because the times when I did understand them, I'd be like, I know. You don't need to tell me. (laughs) Um, Have you seen Vinyl? No, on I HBO? Vinyl. Are you going to? No. Uh, no, I mean, I was interested initially, but uh, it's, was, I, w- I waited to see what people said about it, and yeah. no one is saying anything that's making me want to see it. Well, I watched the first two episodes, and it's a weird show, because there's a lot of good performances in it, you know? But it seems like, when you watch the show, everybody it seems like everybody involved has an ulterior motive that isn't make a good TV show. You know, usually when you got a show uh-huh. and you got people involved, and most everyone has an ulterior motive, but there's one or two guys who are just working on that thing and want it to be great. Whether it's Dan Harmon in Community, you know, or uh, 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 Vince Gilligan, uh, uh, not Vince Gilligan, Chris Carter on the X Files, okay. or uh, you know, Breaking Bad guy, Vince Gilligan, Vince Gilligan Breaking Bad. So that shit. But on this show, it seems like everyone's. Like, Bobby Cannavale took this gig so he could be finally be taken seriously as a dramatic, serious uh-huh. actor. Because he's really pouring it on. 
Um, it seems like Mick Jagger took this gig just so he could cast his kid in it because uh-huh. his his youngest son is in the show yeah. and he's exactly. a bad actor and a bad singer. And how does he have a kid so fucking young? Yuck. Mick Jagger's a million and a kid's in his 20s. Ugh, who did that? Um, also, uh, like Martin Scorsese just wants to keep pretending he's a rock star and keep making, the, keep working with Mick Jagger yeah. and keep making these rock star type things. And Olivia Wilde, again, wants to be taken seriously as a dramatic actress. But they, none of them want to make a good show. It's only the, the smaller characters, like Max Casella is on it, you know, from Doogie Howser. And, yeah, yeah. and he's playing a much bigger role than he ever did on uh, Boardwalk Empire or the, or the Sopranos. And he's really good. But it's like, who's going to watch the show to see Max Casella? You know, and all these other minor characters. Ray Romano is great on it. But he's a minor character. So the show's not about him. And then they have these weird musical sequences that will... I think they thought it was going to make the show, but I think for the most part it ruins it. You mean like live performances? or it's Well, no. It's basically at some point in the show, I assume to you know bring home the point they're making, they will have an actor or actress portraying Jerry Lee Lewis, Otis Redding... Uh, David Bowie and uh, they will be performing one of their songs whether it's Otis Redding doing Mr. Pitiful or uh, uh, what was or J.D. Lewis doing Breathless but it's clearly an actor obviously Uh because it's those people are most likely dead Um, and in some cases it's not even the same performance in some cases it is like the J.D. Lewis one uh, I looked it up. It was his performance, but it wasn't the original performance. It was clearly a later, okay. more cleaned up one. But then they did. They had this one scene where it was uh, Karen Carpenter singing We've Only Just Begun or something. Okay. And it was an actress being her singing, but it was Amy Mann actually singing it. So for some reason... Weird. So I, I mean, I, I get the feeling that in some cases they got all the rights to the music... But they didn't get the rights to the performances. Right, that makes sense. Yeah. So they had to use that. But it makes it kind of confusing because also, whereas some of them are just like Otis Redding singing, and then boom, and then they switch to scenes. It's basically like a bridge between the scenes. But then there's a like a fantasy sequence where Olivia Wilde is driving around with Karen Carpenter while she's singing. Looks like the Alanis Morissette video uh-huh. for Ironic. And then she stops and realizes, oh my God, I forgot my kids. And she runs back to the diner. But that's a, like a fantasy sequence. It's not even a bridge. So, And then, of course, there's all the times when there's actual bands performing. There's this flashback sequence where Bobby Cannavale and everybody is at... Uh, 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 they're watching the Velvet Underground. This dude's clearly being Lou Reed, uh-huh. and they're singing a Velvet Underground song. And there's a, a chick behind him with blonde hair. This is all making me so skeptical. Like, I don't, it's really... It's, I can't imagine. The thing is, this... If, I don't know. If you watch the show, if everything worked... It would be amazing. You'd watch it and go, oh my God, that guy's Lou Reed and there's Andy Warhol. And in fact, the guy playing Andy Warhol is some guy Brooke recognized. And she was like, oh, I love that guy. And I thought, okay, if everything worked like that, the show would be amazing. But the problem is 80% of it just fuck, fucking falls flat. And it, it's sad. Because I think Bobby Cannavale is a great actor. Yeah, I'm a big fan. And Did you so, see um, Danny Collins, the Al Pacino movie? That, that, oh, I know. I didn't see it. Yeah, it was good. I saw him, But I saw him on Letterman talking about it. And I think that might have been the only interview, but watching him talking about it was the only thing that made me want to see the movie. Everything else made me not it's want to not see bad. the movie. It's not but, a bad movie. But it, it, did you know who, he's dating Rose Byrne? 
uh, yeah, a couple. I, think I did know that. Yeah. yeah, what a great couple, right? Um, yeah. All right, so. here's one thing I wanted to say before oh, we okay. move on to what you had to say. Um, I was watching Agent Carter on. Uh, I was watching it on TV. No, but it was on demand. <laughs> I was watching it on demand. Uh, so when I was watching it on demand, there were commercials that I could not fast forward through. Of course, they were all commercials for ABC and Marvel and stuff like that. So I didn't really mind. So I'm watching it, and at one point it shows this commercial for ABC sitcoms. And it says, uh, we brought you the Goldbergs, the Huangs, and the whatever's on the on Blackish, whatever their name is. Uh-huh. And now we bring you the O'Neills. And it was a commercial for the real O'Neills. And I, and I stopped and went, oh my God. ABC has a sitcom with all Jews, uh-huh. all Chinese people, uh-huh. all uh, black people, and mixed race. Yeah. And now they're putting on a one where the kid is gay. Based on a real gay guy, famous gay guy's oh, life. Okay. I thought it was just all Irish. No, well, they are Irish, but it's the Dan Savage show. He's the kid in it. He grew up to be Dan Savage. Oh. Yeah, it's, it was used to be called the Dan Savage Project, but from what I understand, he's the gay kid in there. Huh. And it's based on his life. And, of course, Stan plays his dad. Stan from fucking Mad Men plays his dad, so you know the show's going to be great. But I was just like, wait oh, a minute. Good. Right? And I thought, wait a minute. So, Diz, ABC slash Disney, the soulless company... That we all, you know, hate because they're a big giant in America, yeah. has this night of TV where for two hours they show nothing but people of color, <laughs> and I'm, and I don't mean like there's a gay, there's a, a Chinese family on the show. I mean it's a show about a Chinese family right. and the Goldbergs, their Jewish family, the Goldbergs, and then you know Blackish. They just had that very special episode where they talked to their. Kids who didn't grow up with the black experience about how much it sucks to be black. And they show, you know, talk about Ferguson and stuff. And everyone, I didn't watch it, but everyone said it was amazing. And I give them points for even doing shit like that. But it just amazed me that, you know, for all the shit people talk about Disney and ABC. And I'm one of those people. And how they, you know, they're a big conglomerate. And they swallowed up Marvel and all the other shit. And the Muppets and all that stuff. They're actually doing some great stuff. I watched The Muppets again last night, and I laughed out loud. It was so funny. Was it the one with, with Jeff White on it? No. It was, uh, this one had RuPaul on it. Oh, okay. Uh, but they've really turned that show around. It's really, really funny now. Good. Um, but I just thought that was a cool thing. And yeah, it is cool. I mean, I think that's just them taking the read of the culture and saying... Right, which is, which is a good thing overall yeah. if, if, you know, if... There's now money in being exactly, yeah. multicultural and being cool and not being homophobic. Then I'm all for it. Yeah. Um, and then there was a commercial. The funny thing was within this commercial for the Real O'Neills and their other three sitcoms, uh, they showed a scene from the Goldbergs where they talk about the real life Eddie the Eagle, the kid Barry or one of the kids is t- mm-hmm. telling his sister, "Yeah, he's my idol." Because this happened in the 80s, apparently. So now they're doing a commercial for Eddie the Eagle, the movie, in this commercial for the Goldbergs, in this commercial for ABC sitcoms. And then on top of it all, it says, starring whatever the dude's name is from Game of Thrones, who was Stannis' second in command, you know? Davos Seaworth? Yes. Um, Liam Cunningham. Yeah, they're like, starring him. And I'm like, wow, you guys know your audience. I'm watching Peggy Carter... On ABC yeah. On Demand, and you knew, oh, tell me the dude from Game of Thrones is in it? I'm on. I'm, yeah. I'm on board. Yeah. I, thought, I can't remember what the commercial was for, but I remember there used to be commercials that would air during Lost, and the spokesperson was Christine Sutherland. Ah. Uh, 
Buffy's mom. Right. And it felt like putting this on the genre show is like specifically telling listeners like or what viewers like that's almost the Buffy's su- mom wants Yeah, it's a subconscious thing. <laughs> Whenever I see a commercial and it's James Spader's voice and I know it's James Spader's voice, I still am like, Yeah, this commercial's yeah. good. I'm on board. Alright, All right, what'd you do this week? Well Well it's been, that's it's been a few weeks. That's true, yeah. Uh, it's been three been, weeks. So I've been I've been out of town. Two weeks, I uh, did my usual, uh, my wife and I did our usual um, Valentine's Day weekend trip to Solving. Right. Walked around and got drunk in the most adult and per- per- snobbish way possible. Which is Perfect. Do wine tastings. Nice. Um, and then uh, last weekend I was in Vegas, which is always always a blast. Um, and that was uh, like a dude's getaway? Yeah. Free yeah. thing? Yeah, yeah, because my, my buddy's having a baby in about a month and so he wanted a last chance before... Yeah. Uh, well, I still can. So we went. Nice. Uh, that was a blast. But uh, I haven't watched much TV because I don't watch much TV anymore. Right. <laughs> I'll get back to it. I As saying. Brooke, I'll, uh, apparently you say that on your on your other show every time. Yeah, I don't watch Every TV. week. Um, but I have watched a bunch of movies. Um, I'll just p- pick out a few uh, uh, of the of the... Not even the best ones, just the ones that are most notable to talk about. Okay. I saw How to Be Single starring your, your girlfriend, Leslie Mann. Your yeah. favorite person in the world. Uh-huh. Um, it's a... I would say the movie's a failure, but a bit of a noble failure. Like, I kind of like what it's trying to do, but okay. it's, uh, it's too much of a mess sure. to actually work. Do, now, if you were a like enormous fan of Rebel Wilson, would you enjoy it? Uh, I mean, I to be even kind of a fan of Rebel Wilson, I would have to be so much different a person than I am. So you don't That I can't maybe. even imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine finding Rebel Wilson... Wow. Okay. Uh, I've, I've never. I mean, I don't want to sound mean, but I've never liked her in anything. All right. Um, I'd, say, I'd say maybe the closest I ever came to liking her was in Pain and Gain, of all things. Not even Bridesmaids. Uh, no, no, she's the worst wow. part of Bridesmaids. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I saw again. These are not good movies; just things that are worth talking about. Have you heard of the movie Cabin Fever? Not of the course. 2002 film, Kevin Fever. Brooke won't shut up about it. She's the, She can't understand why someone would do a shot-for-shot shot remake. Not shot-for-shot. Shot. It's the same script. But, yeah, okay. But it's, not, it's, not, it's not Psycho, the Gus Van Sant Psycho. Okay. Actually but it is the, Invasion the of the Body Snatchers. Uh, it's the exact same script. Okay. With a couple of changes. Thankfully, removing the... I don't know how you remember Kevin Fever, but there's like a really dumb racist joke. Well, that's like what she said. She, she was talking about you guys talking about in the okay. show. And what I remember is when they're at that at that store talking to the hillbilly and they yeah. look at the shotgun, he says, that's for the colors or something. He says, that's for N-words. Making yeah. you think, oh, that means he's going to shoot them if they show up. Yeah. Then at the end of the movie, they show up and go, hi, I'm here to pick up my gun. And he goes, here you go. And you right, think, it's all oh, cleaned and uh, fixed. Right, and he's like, oh, yeah. he, we were racist for thinking because he said the N word, he's racist. But well, he's actually still racist. He's still racist anyway. <laughs> yeah. So he's just yeah. not violently racist. So you're saying they just they take that? That's not none of that is not it. Not in there at all, which is yeah, good. Probably but good. Yeah, it's, it's no longer. It was a. I will say at the time, I thought because the movie sold. The original movie is so bad. And, I mean, I, it's, I have some respect for the original. I do too. It's just a bad movie. I'm not saying I don't like it, but it is a bad movie. It's poorly okay. acted and it's corny and it goes yeah. over the top. It definitely goes over the top, but I think that's one of the things I like about. That's it. what I'm saying. You can like things that are bad, right? Okay. Um, I, I just don't want to. I don't necessarily agree that it's a bad movie. I know, but you don't. You you think even Hitler had some good parts? I didn't say that. But don't you? No, I mean the trains ran on time. <laughs> he, he was nice to animals. That's what they always say. No, but why? 
why Tony Soprano. So what is what is it? Why would somebody remake this movie that nobody wanted to remake? I don't understand why. I don't get it either. Like, like I thought, all I could think is because my, my first thought was, well, everyone said that. Why would a guy like Gus Van Sant make a classic movie like Psycho, shot for shot, with worse actors? You know, that really doesn't make sense either. And then yeah. Brooks said, but it's Psycho. It's a classic movie. And I said, okay, maybe Cabin Fever is this guy's Psycho. Maybe he grew up watching Eli Roth movies. And he's like, i got to remake Cabin Fever, it's man. So, it's only 14 years old. Whereas, Yeah, you're right. I mean, Psycho was at that point almost 40 years old. Yeah, and it was, yeah, and it was in black and white. It was a very different movie. Yeah. yeah and it's, I don't it's, get it. And the thing is, they take... As much as... I know you don't like Cabin Fever. I like it a little more. But it's still not a perfect movie. But the things that do work about mm-hmm. the original Cabin Fever are removed. Like, yeah. this sort of, like, dark comedy... You the know, Eli Roth of it all yeah, is what it is. So it's so boring. The music is terrible. Uh, whereas the best thing about the original Kevin Fever is the music, which was co-written by Ad- Angelo Badalamenti, who did like the Twin Peaks mm-hmm. theme and a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's a ridiculous thing. And then um, finally, I wanted to change gears to something a little <laughs> more serious. And this is definitely something you will either want to see or want to avoid because you have mm-hmm. daughters uh, at the age that they are. Okay. But have you heard of the documentary The Hunting Ground? No. It's the same guy, Kirby Dick, who made uh, The Invisible War a few years ago about, I heard about, uh, that. about rape in the military. Right. The Hunting Ground is about rape on college campuses. Oh, and the, God. And the epidemic of college campuses covering up, not investigating sexual assault charges, protecting those they know Right. Are um, uh, are are attackers predators, or predators yeah. because it's they are for various reasons, be it like recruitment and enrollment or the fraternity relationships or the athletic relationships. Right. It is they are financially incentivized to tamp down yeah. on, on this, and it's uh, an infuriating documentary. But definitely, I bet. Like well, that when I back when I was watching. Uh, Law and Order SVU, which I stopped at the beginning of this season. I couldn't take anymore. But last season, they did like this many episodes about that. Like, uh, like three or four episodes throughout the season where it happened to this girl and so they investigate it and the college is covering it up and it's yeah. like females in power still covering it up. And then they went back and uh, there, it happened again. And then there was an episode where Jonathan Silverman was this comic who loved to tell rape jokes but then he was also accused of rape, and this girl from the earlier episode was trying to uh, basically get proof on him. So it was a lot of shit, and it was really hard to watch. But luckily, it was Law and Order, so it was you know over overly dramatic, <laughs> right. and they made it easier to watch by making it more ridiculous. But yeah, that shit is is no good, and especially I, you probably haven't heard this, but uh, the artistic director of Improv Olympic I O West here really? was. Uh, he came under fire for inappropriate shit and they had to fire him. This, like, just happened. Yeah. And uh, because of friends I have, like Gina and stuff, in the improv community, it was, it's a huge shakeup. Because unlike the Kale Hartman thing where he was just a dude taking classes there in any community, this guy was in charge. And, right, yeah. You know, there were interns coming forth saying, he asked me out, and when I said no, he fired me. You know, and that's, and that is completely fucked up. Like, Charna Halpern had to fly out here to put the fire out her own self. Uh, and so, you know, in the world of improv, especially for young people and young women, that's a huge deal. Yeah. Because it's like, I don't know, the top three places are Second City, Iowa West, and UCB. So, yeah, a lot of that shit is going on now, and 
luckily women have a voice and a place they can run to. Yeah, it's good for help. Like this, like this, shining a light on it is a big deal. Yeah, but you know, certainly, uh, the Hunting Garden is. I don't think it's nominated for best documentary, but it's nominated for best original song because Lady Gaga and Diane Warren wrote a song. Wow, Hunting Ground. So it's going to get some. Some press, at least. So That'll I be want good. More, I want more people to see this movie and see The Invisible War because these are things that shouldn't be ignored as they have been for so long. Sure. And uh, unfortunately, if it does win the Oscar for Best Song, it means Lady Gaga will give another speech, sadly, like she did at the Golden Globes. Uh, I can't have a problem with that. Oh, really? You sat through that whole fucking thing? Yeah, I am pro-Lady Gaga. I am pro-Lady Gaga, I am pro Lady Gaga too. I have, some, I have some reservations and caveats as a fan. That I am a little bit disappointed with. I, I just say, but uh, I am uh, I am pro lady. I'm a fan as long as she has a hat on and sings. Anything else she does, I don't want to hear. What is the hat? So it covers her face because, as we've talked about, she's a total butterface. What, what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> I'm just being an asshole. Yeah, you are. <laughs> You shouldn't be subjected to the faces you well, don't find attractive. Isn't it hilarious I that I just woman, we, that within minutes of themselves we had two conversations that could not be more different? Yeah, you're forced to take one of them seriously and one of them not. because yeah. they can't both well, be serious. And I admit I am taking a risk that people will go, ah, he actually believes the second thing and not the first one. Yeah. And hey, man, that's the world I live in, bro. I'm gonna say if you. Keep behaving this way on the podcast. I'm going to put up with it for ten more months at most. <laughs> All right. You want to talk about these TV shows? Oh, I didn't know if you wanted to springboard up what I just said. No, well, no, we'll no. It's cross too. That bridge later, yeah, right? it's, we'll burn that bridge when we get to it. It's too early to talk about it. Um, so let's. T- here's the thing about Fuller House. I got a lot to say about this. Okay. I'll, that, I don't have much to say. Good. Good. Because it, it was dreadful. Yes, and, but it, it was dreadful. In I kind of almost understand why people are watching it yes. because it's dreadful in pretty much the exact same way that Full House was Identical. dreadful. Identical. Exactly. So if, you, if you tuned into this wanting to watch Full House, you won't be disappointed. You got exactly what you wanted. Here's And there are some things about it that are brilliant and some things about it that don't work. And so I'm going to go top to bottom and you weigh in when you feel it. Okay. So first of all, just the idea... Which, at the time when they said, we're rebooting Full House, everyone laughed and said, oh, great, let's do this. But the idea of rebooting a sitcom like this has never been done uh, to this degree before and never been done so successfully. And it's partly just because of the timing. All these kids were on TV in a golden age where SAG protected kids and took half their money and put it in a trust, guaranteeing that if they worked long enough, they'd be millionaires by the time they were 18. That's why there are so many young kids who never go on to acting, because when they turn 18, they all of a sudden never have to work again. Uh Like the kids on uh, Home Improvement, that youngest kid, he kind of went nuts. But it was okay, because he's got all his money from Home Improvement. And all the kids on on that show, which there were a lot of them. Yeah. I mean, it's the three girls, which there's actually four, then Nikki and Alex, yeah. then Kimmy Gibbler, all their little friends that came along. Yeah. I mean, you're talking like 12 to 15 to 20 kids at one point on that show, all of them taken care of, hopefully leading nice, happy lives. And if they're not, it's not because of show business. Hopefully they weren't molested like so many kids are. Yeah. But I guarantee you none of these kids were, at least not in a set of full house. You know they didn't pull that shit. You know what I'm saying? Sure. But uh, so to, to the fact that all these kids are still around 
and alive and, you know, none of them are Dana Plato. That's amazing. This is the first time that's ever happened. Now, to do a reboot like this, they've tried to reboot shows before. The new Leave It to Beaver. Yeah, that's the first one that comes to mind. Um, and, and, and not like a reimagining with different actors, but, you know, a second one where all the kids are grown-ups now and have their own kids. They did it with the Bradys and the Brady Brides, which was horrible. Um, and they did it also with Make Room for Daddy, like, a couple times. Huh. Like, they brought back Make More Room for Daddy, and then it was Make Room for Granddaddy. <laughs> they did. Uh, and it, the main difference Make is... Make More Room for Daddy is just because he'd gotten fat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was just, uh, let's bring the show back and right. get as many of the same actors as we can, because Danny Thomas was still very popular. And then Make More Room, of course, I think he was probably the only original actor at that point, because they're not going to get the same kids. So... So the fact that they can do this now with the same kids is amazing. And all of them, you know, the the only ones who don't show up are, of course, the Olsen twins. And we all know why. Not Even if they hadn't said, sorry, Olsen twins won't show up because they're too rich. We all would have just assumed that. Right. They have better things to do. They wouldn't have fit in. They would have <laughs> stood out like sore thumbs, uh, regardless of which one they used, you know, because she's this skinny weirdo. You know what I mean? She can't. They can't act. They haven't acted in years, uh, and it would just be almost like a freak show. And and also, let's not forget, those are the only cast members who never asked to be on TV. Oh, right. every yeah. other person on that show said yes. I'd love to be on your show. Well, not Nikki and Alex, right? Yeah, they don't, yeah, but they weren't on the show for the whole time. Yeah, uh, yeah, they basically quit when they were one or two. Yeah, so. Uh, and as we saw, those kids are clearly not actors anymore. <laughs> Fucking horrible. <laughs> but I'll get to that. So that's amazing that all of them came through. And they're all still entertaining. Uh, you know, they all look the same. So they're all still beautiful girls. I'm talking about the girls, the kids right. now. Yeah. All the girls are still gorgeous. Uh, Kim and Gibbler was never gorgeous in the first place, but she looks exactly the same. None of them have gotten any worse as actors. Can I, do you want to know something? <laughs> You think you find her the hottest? When I was a kid, I had like a crush on Kim. Oh, that's okay when you're a kid, because you thought she was funny, right? Yeah, yeah, and I liked that she was. I, I was a weirdo, and I liked yeah, that she exactly. was a weirdo. Absolutely, but she's certainly not the most attractive of those three girls, especially now that what's her name got those giant boobs in, installed. I mean, they're amazing. But well, let's should we talk about that for a second? Yeah, I'm, let's. I'm not normally one to focus on that because I thought I let's talk about it because it was great in my opinion. But here's the weird thing: is that like Full House. Original flavor was very much supposed to be kid friendly, family G rated, eight o'clock right. Friday night TGIF. And so this still very much is that, except they know that their core audience is no longer kids; it's adults who were kids. Yeah, and so that's why they have a series like a third of the episode where Jodie Sweetin is wearing this thing that right. barely covering her chest. And in the first scene, it's, but it's a, it's a weird like yeah. dissonance. Like it, it, it well, seemed to fit with the show that she that uh, to make jokes about her being on display right. and stuff like that. But if you know anything about her personal life, I don't. You know she had a problem with drugs. Oh. Had to go to rehab. You know she showed off her brand new boobs when she got them like <laughs> on the internet or whatever. She was happy to go out and say, "Look at me, I'm a woman. Look at my giant boobs." And they looked amazing. If you watched her, if you watched the Bob Saget roast on Comedy Central. She was in the audience. Okay. They constantly cut to her laughing with her wicked tight t-shirt on. Uh, and she looked amazing. And if you watch the show, you go, oh my God, not only does she look beautiful, but those boobs are a work of art. <laughs> and in this first scene where they're wearing their party clothes, she's got on this nice party dress where it shows them off, mm -hmm. which is all good. 
But then, here's the brilliance. At Fuller House, they say out loud, we have to talk about her boobs, right? <laughs> and everyone in the writer's room goes, yeah, yeah, let's put some jokes in there. But they're not sexist. They're not bad jokes. Oh, yeah. It's she's holding a baby who's clearly looking at her giant boobs. And she goes, no, 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 it's Dairy Queen's closed. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, yeah. And there's no dudes in the room except for the baby. Yeah, and the other joke, which I uh, weirdly kind of liked, even though it was a corny joke, is when she puts on that dress and she says to DJ... Oh yeah, is too, this much? too much. She just says it's not enough, right? And and it's it's funny, it's empowering, it's cute, it's and it, more importantly, it makes sense. These two girls are adults. One of them has had what three kids, mm-hmm. and she's a widow. The other one's a party DJ, which I'll give him full credit. That is a brilliant joke. The DJ Tanner thing. <laughs> Stephanie is a DJ, and she calls herself DJ Tanner. Come on, someone's been waiting to make that joke for twenty years. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? And the, my favorite variant on that uh, setup was, uh, why didn't you call yourself DJ Stephanie? Well, right. there's already a DJ Stephanie. <laughs> right. Well, there's already a DJ Tanner. <laughs> yes, all good stuff. Yeah, I'm glad okay. we all thought we found stuff to like. Right? Because it's it was still terrible of her. Yes, it was. And let's move on to the other thing that made the show work, and that never happens, getting the original cast of old people, who are amazingly all still alive, um... And having them all want to be involved to such a degree, still being good, still being good actors and funny and having their shit together. Yeah, and that reminds me, you said that the reason the Olsons didn't do it is because they don't need to, but John Stamos doesn't need to do this. Well, but he's also a producer of this show, so he does need to because it's his job. But the other, no one else needs to. Right. Lori Loughlin certainly doesn't need to. Nobody was clamoring for Becky to come back. (laughs) I mean... They probably wouldn't have done it without the other two guys, and I'm sure the bottom line is they all named their price. Right. You know, uh, and John Stamos was like, of course, whatever you guys want, we will pay you all the same thing and whatever. Sorry for the noise. My cat's scratching on stuff. I'm sure you're going to pick that up. But he loves that. He likes to go at it, man. <laughs> Doesn't he? Yeah. He fucking goes. Well, now he's found a bug to track. Oh, yeah. Is he going to get it or just watch it? Is yeah. It, oh, my cat just likes to keep the bugs alive as long as she oh, can. Oh, of course. Like we have our totally cats good. do that, except for one who will do that and then eventually go all right and like eat it. He'll just <laughs> eventually he'll be like I'm good and then he'll eat it and all the other cats watch him. Um, but to get all of them back together and still be good and still be involved, that's unprecedented. And the reason is because a as uh, Joey Gladstone said, as Dave Coulier has said. You know, when I was on Full House, they backed up a truck of money to my uh, back, uh, back uh, backed up a truck of money to my front door every week and emptied it out. He's basically saying it was the best thing I ever did, and I owe them everything. Uh-huh. And they all do. Bob Saget knows he would never be Bob Saget without Full House, even though he's couldn't be less of a Danny Tanner. Right. He would never be Bob Saget, and Stamos the same way. He had so many failed shows before Full House, and making that. And they even make reference to that, but making that leap from General Hospital to Prime Time was difficult for him. He was on a shitty show called Dreams, where he had his own band, and there was music videos in the show. Horrible. Him and Jamie Gertz. He had a sitcom with Jack Klugman called You Again, where he played as a strange son. Okay. Unwatchable. <laughs> but this was the show that, you know, just like all of them, cast him perfectly and let him shine. So they all are happy to come back, and they will be back throughout the season, I'm sure, and back and forth. Um, so that is unprecedented. They get them all to come back, and they're all happy to. They're, they're all, you know, it's not like somebody was a holdout, like Arrested Development. Uh, you know, uh, fucking Michael 
Sarah held out for a right. long time for that. And I think he was kind of a dick for that. No one was a dick here. Everybody showed up. And and everybody, even Scott, the, yeah. the fucking voice of Aladdin shows up. And again, not like he's got a lot to do, but none of them need to work ever again. And it, and in that way, it's almost kind of a beautiful thing. Not like the show itself is good, but the idea of the show is actually very important. Now, moving on to what the show is and will be uh, in the future, the fact that it's now about these three girls living together. Uh-huh. Three girls, no men. They all have their own businesses, are their own bosses. The, two of them are single moms, uh, one of which is a widow. The other one has her dumbass ex-husband coming in and out. These are all real situations that real women are going through. They're going to date. And and unlike in the 80s, when one was a widow, one was a ladies' man, and one was a retard, whatever his deal was, where they were sometimes dating and whatever, that's probably one of the weakest parts of the old show, is showing Danny and dating and shit like that. Because you saw he eventually married that woman that he was dating yeah. on the old show. Um... Uh, which only makes sense, but it's like awkward when you watch it because it's clear that's not what the show's about. It's not, you know, the courtship of Eddie's father. Uh-huh. It's like Full House of Kids. It's a show. It's Full uh-huh. House of Kids. But on this case, on this show, it seems like I, I kind of want to see that. I want to see Stephanie date coming home from a date and going, "Woo, that was crazy," you know, and Kimmy dating some weirdo or uh, dating a fucking I don't know a mailbox or whatever the fuck she's going to do. You know what I mean? That seems like interesting stuff to me. Uh, so that I like because it's it's just it's a new idea for a show. And because it's Netflix, again, they're going to do whatever they want. Oh, and it's also a big deal that they got the producers back. The same guys who ran the show in the old day. Uh, which I think it's just a credit to the show that everyone who worked on it said, I'll absolutely come back. You know what? No one went, fuck you. Fuck that show. Fuck ABC. Ruined my life. Nobody said that. You know what I mean? And that doesn't even happen in movies anymore. Jake Lloyd is a sad, sad person. You know what I mean? And he says it's all because I played fucking Anakin Skywalker. If he had just stopped at Jingle All the Way, he would have been fine. (laughs) But because he played Anakin Skywalker, it fucking ruined his life. Um, Now, going on to what's bad about the show and why it doesn't work. The jokes. But, yes, for the most part, the jokes are terrible, but they're no worse than the Full House jokes. Right, that, that's that's my point. Is that yes, I don't like this because I don't like Full House. Yeah, and it, yeah, and it is kind of remarkable how how well they replicated. But what's funny is people who loved Full House when they were kids, you know, as they should have, they watch this show and go, "Oh my god, this is so dumb," but I love it. Right, because they now that's realize. It's stupid, just like the old Full House was. But that's why it was. they loved it, partly because it's stupid. No one wants a smart Full House. But what doesn't work, honestly, and will ruin the show, is the kids. These kids, unlike those girls when they were kids, these kids are not funny. I thought they were all a fucking whiff, every one of them. The older, scheming kid, he's no fucking Jason Bateman, that's for sure. The younger, cute kid, he needs to be kicked right in his ass. For, he needs to fucking turn it up to 11 because he's phoning it in. And then the girl who's Kimmy Gibbler's daughter, uh-huh. she's trying hard, but they're not giving her anything to work with. And, uh, you know, and I, it's the fault of the show to thinking, well, we can just cast whoever because people are going to watch, which is true, but it doesn't serve the show. And that scene where it was just the kids, you remember that at the end? Yeah. It was horrible, right? Like almost unwatchable. Yeah. I, 
I will say that the fact that that scene had a running joke about one of the kids' heads blowing up <laughs> was funny to me because it's... Like Mission it's, Impossible? Because it's like weirdly dark for this show. Like yeah. the kid taunting his brother saying, go ahead, blow up my head. That's but weird. Also, didn't that make you laugh because that's the kind of shit you and your brothers and sisters would do? <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. I only have one brother. We didn't do that kind of shit. But I know like when you have extended ones, you do that all the time because there's at least one other kid who knows you're lying and right, will back right. you up. And the other kids go, what? Which is a great thing. It reminds me of The Witch. That's what happened in The Witch. My, um, uh, I love telling this story. My sister, whether it was me and my brothers teasing her or just me teasing her, she would always go, you guys. <laughs> Even if it was just me. Even if it was just you. <laughs> like she was just always mad at all three of us no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're a group. One, what one of you does, the rest of you do. <laughs> Um, so I'm not, I don't plan on watching anymore. I may, if I hear about, oh, you got to watch this episode that whoever was on the beach boys are fucking on again. I'm sure they're going to do a beach boys episode or have done it. So, but if people say, oh, you should watch this one out, I'll check it out. But I, I think it's really, you know, I don't know. People will remember like, yeah, when I was a kid, I watched full house and then they did fuller house and it was great. I'm, I'm disappointed that it wasn't a show about Brian Fuller growing up. Uh Uh-huh. That would be great, right? Yeah, yeah. But someone else on on uh, what our friend Ian Brill on Twitter made a similar Son joke, of a bitch. which is that uh, he's disappointed it wasn't about all the characters from the different Brian Fuller shows living in a house together. A reality show, <laughs> right? Yeah, but it's not the main characters. It's okay. like it's Gillian Anderson from from Hannibal. Okay, and uh, Alana from Hannibal, maybe. Um, uh, the, the the ants from Pushing Daisy. Yeah, right. It's Swoozie Kurtz from Pushing Daisy. Yeah, and uh, what's her name? Something green? The uh, uh, the is... chick from uh, Suddenly Seymour Girl? Aud- uh, not yeah. Audrey. Yeah, why well, can't I can Ellen Green? That sounds right. Yeah. Right. Um, but uh, real quick on Fuller House. I only noticed this because it was pointed out to me beforehand. Because I wasn't that... I don't have a great memory for the original Full House. Mm-hmm. But there's a scene where Jesse... It's like near the end when they're on the way out. And he stops because he sees a plate of fried chicken for some reason just sitting there. And he's like, oh, chicken. And he eats fried chicken. Right. Apparently that was a running thing in the original show that Jesse loved fried chicken and was always eating fried chicken. That's funny. I, didn't, I, wouldn't, me, I me would neither. not have noticed that if it had not been mentioned on Twitter before. But here's what's funny is for a guy who never watched the show, the only time I ever watched Full House was when my kids were watching it. And this is a long time ago. They're watching reruns of it. Um, so I barely watched it. But I even not watching it, I knew I got I knew have mercy and cut it out right. and how rude how rude and every fucking joke about uh, his yeah. hair, uh, you know Nikki and Alex I got it Kimmy's feet right yeah and all of this stuff is in the pilot like they every they, one of they these didn't jokes leave one untouched. yes well and then our friend the Jape Man brought that up he said you know. Actually, you should have David watch the second episode because the first one's barely an episode. It's all set up for the series uh-huh. and references to the old show. That's all it is. Even when they're all going, forget it, st- we're gonna forget it, Deej. We're all gonna stay here and help you. You're like, move it along already. That's not gonna happen. And then literally show side by side the pilot of Full House with the yeah, with yeah, that. and then with the opening credits the same way. The show starts with the old opening credits yeah. and then transitions into it. So it's all just like a welcome back. The first episode's welcome back to Full yeah. House. Which now, what do you think of the theme song? Because people are losing their shit over it. 
I don't care. Really? Because <laughs> it's Carly Rae Jepsen. Oh, Did I, you know I that? I didn't know that. And it's an updated version. Of, yeah, it's not I, the same I, I, thing. I heard that it was... I listened to it, so I heard yeah? that it was an updated version. Yeah, but it didn't blow your skirt up or didn't find it interesting at all? No, it's kind yeah. of, I guess it's what I expected. I'm, I'm fine with Carly Rae I don't know, because TV theme songs are a big deal to me, obviously. I, I'm, I, I'm disappointed when a new show premieres and doesn't have a theme song or plays like a short one, like on Castle or something. And I was pleased that they went through the trouble to make a specific theme song for this show. You know what I now, mean? Now, what this is, uh, we can be done with Fuller House now. Okay. Uh, I want to know to you, what constitutes a theme song? Like, does it have to have lyrics? Or um, does, like, no. Does the opening of Homeland, which is an extended thing, does that, that count? Because there's count? music, yeah. Theme? Okay. But what, that also changes, because every season they put in different sound bites so it's not quite the same and like what I think is a now obviously everything's a theme song whatever you want to do but what I like and as a perfect theme song is an original song uh-huh. not written for something else not a, not a cover of a rock and roll song original song so Golden Girls doesn't count for you no no, no it's close even though people my age only know that song because I, Golden Girls I, you can listen to it there's an old episode of the Paul Goebel show where I swear on my life that it's an original song and of all people Jim Bruce goes I don't think so and we look it up and he was right yeah because I, I, I don't I didn't remember it either and I'm almost 50 so it has to have has to be an original song I prefer that it has lyrics I prefer that it be sung by someone on the show that's like the perfect one. Oh, that's rare though yes yeah. it's very rare but you get like 21 Jump Street it's an original song it has lyrics sung by Judy Hoffs and every once in a while, and when I was a kid, I used to imagine, like when I watched Welcome Back, Cotter, I used to imagine that was Washington singing that song <laughs> to him. I like to always imagine there's somebody on it. But even, um, but that's what I think perfect. But even if it's written, like Taxi is a great theme song, just has whistling. Uh, Bob Newhart is a great th- song, doesn't have any lyrics. But then some have lyrics, they just don't use them. There's like the shitty lyrics for Star Trek that were written just okay. so... To make money, but and then the mash suicide is painless, right? Which they just didn't use or anything but love is one of my favorites. You remember that show with Jamie no. Lee Curtis and Richard Lewis? No, it was a good show, very short lived, but it had this great theme song, I think by J.D. Souther. And the first season they used the lyrics, the second season they didn't. Just like Eight is Enough, they used the lyrics in the first season and then they didn't. So shows like that. So is your favorite current theme song then Crazy Ex Girlfriend? That it's one the, of them, yeah. It hits all the points here. But it's a little too joke because it's well. Also, it it hits almost all of them. But then there's also a song that's fun to sing, uh-huh. and a song that's fun for me to sing. That's a girl's song. <laughs> okay. And it's not really a fun song. Okay. And I, you know, it's I was working all day at a job I hate. That's I don't know all the words. Uh-huh. Although, did you watch that episode where they did that lyric thing? No. Oh, it was a great episode where uh, her friend from work and her husband were talking. They were trying to. They were basically trying to just fix their marriage, so they were having a conversation. Uh-huh. But but she starts going. Well, she was working all day at a job she hated, and while her husband goes, "Oh, crazy ex girlfriend," and then the wife goes, "Well, that's a sexist term," and he's like, "Crazy ex girlfriend," and they did the whole thing. And as we're watching it, Brooke goes, "Oh, and there was no credits at the beginning of this episode, was uh-huh. there?" And we and I went, "No," and then she goes, and then he goes, "C R A Z Y," and it just goes blink real quick, crazy ex girlfriend. It's a great fucking show. That's pretty good. You know, not to that extent, but you know what? Uh, I don't know why I have this memory, but what show did that similar joke twenty years ago is the nanny. 
There was an episode where she talked about was well, it was workshop everyone out. does that. Bosom Buddies did that. One time, I don't remember who came to visit, if it was Adrian Zemet or if it was Kip's parents, but they're like, why do you do this? And he goes, well, we had a great apartment in New York City that was dirt cheap. <laughs> and in Peter Scolari. And we found out why it was dirt cheap. It's a great gag. Why not go yeah, to it? Yeah. Right? Everybody does it. If you have a theme song or an opening credit, you know, like that, go to it. It's funny. Um... All right, are we done with Fuller House? I think so. So, I mean, there's a lot of think pieces now about why it was horrible or why it was amazing. But the truth is, as an event, I think it really is a huge deal. And it will be remembered as, like, when people will say, hey, let's bring back whatever, or hey, let's do a show like this, people will go, well, Fuller House worked with, you know, even less to go on, and we will see more shows like this. Just just reviving crazy shit. Let's revive a cartoon, but make it live action, and we'll get the same people who did the voices to be the characters. Right? Isn't that a great idea? Yeah. I banged the thing. I kind of... Yeah, you kind of like... Undercut, your, undercut my point. There. That's what happens when you're high AF. <laughs> All right, you want to move on to trivia? Uh, yeah, what do you got? Okay, well, trivia last week, Sax Carr was here. What did you guys talk about last week? I we talked about The Flash uh-huh. and Gravity Falls. Oh. Uh, you know, we had that one viewer who constantly asks us to talk about Gravity Falls. Yeah. And he said, please talk about the finale. And because I watched Gravity Falls and I really like it, we talked about the finale. Uh, we talked about the finale and the second half of a Flash two-parter, okay. which was really good. Um, and Sax Carr is a giant nerd, so there was a, a lot of nerd talk. But he asked a trivia question about The Flash. He said they're currently... Two characters who were seen on The Flash this season who in the comics, or three of them, who in the comics were also speedsters like The Flash. Now, one of them is easy. It's Wally West, who's this black kid on The Flash now. He, of course, becomes a Flash in the comics. But the other two were uh, Jesse Wells, who's uh, Harrison Wells' daughter. She becomes Jesse Quick. And Hunter Zolomon, who was just in one scene on The New Flash He's apparently the Earth-1 version of Jay Garrick, who is the Flash on Earth-2, but he doesn't have any powers on this. He just kind of went, there's my Earth-1 double. He's just a dude sitting there. So those were the two answers, but the answer we got was uh, similar to that. Let me find it. Um, It was from John Shannon. Who said Wally West, which was one, Hunter Zolomon, which is another one, and Patty Spivet, who uh, is a character who doesn't have superpowers, but in the comics she uses speedster gear to get faster. So technically it's correct. And more importantly, that's the only person who answered. No one else even bothered. (laughs) So congratulations, John Shannon. Uh, and I wrote him back and said, well, you're the only guy who got it. So way to go. I'll send you a prize if you want one. Um, so a question about this week. Um, let's see. We're going to talk about Amazing Race next. Yeah. Um, all right. Let me think of a trivia question about those foos on Amazing Race. Um, or maybe Fuller House. Okay. We're caught uh, unawares. Um, no, you're not. We talked about this beforehand. I assumed you were ready. No, I wasn't. I said I'll come up with something, and then I was so excited about the Fuller House conversation <laughs> that I did that I couldn't. Um, hold on, let's pause, and then we'll start again. Okay, I got my question. Um, there's an episode of Full House where an old buddy of Jesse's comes back, and uh, he's like a buddy of him from his. Uh, 
I want to say biker days, his but wild days. his wild days when yeah. he rode a motorcycle and he loved ladies and they called him Dr. Dare. Um, yeah. You remember this episode? Yeah. Oh, okay. So who was his buddy who showed up? Who played him? Oh, I don't know. I just remember that he, he did him ride his motorcycle around the top of a, right. of a building. Well, the guy who played that character is a, t- okay. is a TV staple. So who played him? Uh, Ted McGinley. Nope, but that is a great guess. So if you have a guess, you can write to me at paul at thekingoftv.com, and I will happily send you a prize or give you a shout-out or whatever you want. Oh, wow. I can't believe you didn't know that. And you don't yeah. remember it? You don't remember his face at all? No, I remember the episode because I remember specifically the, the yeah. end of it with the, the climax of the motorcycle thing, and then right. Lori Laughlin like, talks him out of doing it. Right. But I, yeah, I didn't remember that it was him. No, oh, that's funny. Probably because when you watched it, you didn't know who he was. I would have known from really? another show. When you were a kid, you would have known who he was? From Not from the show you know him from. But from his other famous show? His other famous show, okay. which is more to my age group. True. I would have known him from. But much worse? Probably. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've watched it. All right. And, of course, thekingoftv.com is the place to go for all your King of TV needs. Uh, I don't know if there's anything new up there. There'll probably be some shit up there about the Oscars after I watch it. But uh, you can follow me uh, on Twitter, uh, at Paul Goebel Show. And be my friend on Facebook. I got so much more porno accounts following me. I'm very excited about that. <laughs> uh, and David is also uh, on the internet. Sure, yeah. You can find my podcast, Battleship Pretension, at battleshippretension.com. And uh, you can email me at david at battleshippretension.com. And you can and ought to follow me on Twitter at Davy Pretension. Yeah, you can and ought to. Exactly. Um, all right, so let's talk about The Amazing Race. Now, for those of you who don't know, this season on The Amazing Race, it's all so-called YouTube stars. Or social media stuff. Social media, like yeah. There's Viners in there, too. I yes, think. and um, Instagrammers. and Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so, it's weird because I don't know hardly any of them. I, know, I literally only knew one of them, that Tyler guy, and yeah. I only know him because he has a billboard on Sunset Boulevard. Right, he's part of that YouTube campaign. Yeah. Uh, but I also knew Bernie Byrne from Rooster Teeth because he's been on At Midnight a couple times. Okay. And they're very they're a big deal in the comedy community, but I think they're out of Texas is why. Which one is Bernie Byrne? He's uh, the Jewish-looking guy with the glasses. He's on, on with his girlfriend. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, I also knew the dude who does those great visual effects. We've all yeah, seen those. Yeah, those are cool. I, didn't, I had not seen those. You've never seen yeah. those before? Oh, that guy's amazing. Cool. Yeah. He's, I mean, obviously it's all... It's all, you know, whatever, digital trickery, but it's yeah, done it really well. well. But, and it's yeah. fun and funny, too. And he did, I don't know if you saw the one, he was on Ellen, so while he was there, he did one. Okay. Like, he had a picture of the audience on his phone, and he flicked it up, and they were all in the audience. And then there's, like, Ellen there. I was like, I, that guy's cool, I think. Yeah. No, and he, he makes great stuff. I When I heard what the premise of this season was going to be, my guard was up. We all, yeah, because all of us I went, imagined, oh, Jesus. I had been trained by Amazing Race to imagine... <laughs> A season full of nothing but Joey Graceffa's. Yeah, that's what right? I was imagining. Right, because he's maybe my least favorite contestant in the history of the show. And he is and not. He's not bad. No, he's already been on twice. He's yeah. It's, it's I think they realize people hate him. Yeah. Um. And so I have been. Maybe it's because my expectations were so low, but I've really been into this season. Yeah, I like. I like I, there's no teams. Uh, I talked about this um, with Tyler, my co-host in the show, who's also a big Amazing Race fan. There's no teams that I hate. There's one team that he hates, but there's no teams that I hate. Does he hate the two dudes, the Frisbee golf guys? No. Who's he hate? He hates the dude, the young dude who's on with his mom because... Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Apparently, Tyler's complaint is that 
no matter what this guy's emotional reaction is to anything, yeah. it comes out in the form of him screaming. Yeah. He's just screaming all the time. That can be annoying. That's why I never watch uh, So You Think You Can Dance. It has nothing to do with anything on the show. That chick won't stop screaming. I cannot <laughs> fucking stand it. And, and it's, like a, it's not that she just... That's a thing on the show. Right. Like, she screams and people love it. I'm not fucking on board. I'm not watching it. I'll say... I was guarded, obviously, as well, but then I was like, oh, Tyler Oakley, who I heard about first because I would check my kid's Instagram, Uh and they follow him. So I would see all his stuff, and i think, okay, this guy's some sort of Viner or YouTube star, but I couldn't find anything else that he did that I thought that bugged me. Uh It was always just pictures of him, hi, I'm in Australia, or whatever, and he's always smiling. It was clear that he was gay, but that's all I could tell about him. And then I found out, I was actually giving a lift. To some people, and they were talking about uh, Grace Helbig. Yeah. They, they worked with her. And they said something about, yeah, man, I, not only would I work... Or, or, or a girl, somehow it came up, and the, the girl in the car said, I'd leave you for Grace Helbig. Uh-huh. Um, and I said, and I laughed. And they were like, right? And I said, yeah, I'd leave my wife for Grace Helbig in a minute. <laughs> what, are you kidding me? Funny and beautiful and successful. And we all laughed. And, and I was asking them... Yeah, my kids love her, partly because she's a girl, whatever. But I said, but I didn't know much about her. What about this guy? And I was like, what about Joey Graceffa? And I went, ah, the worst. We hate him. Yeah. And I said, and what about uh, that fucking idiot? Was that guy who's the worst? Shane Dawson. And they're like, yeah, worst. Kill him. I hate him. Yeah, most people know. And I went, what about Tyler Oakley? And they went, no, he's, he's actually real. He's a good guy. I was like, what's the deal? I said, well, he's a kind of a music reviewer and he interviews people, but he's actually for real. He's, he's a, and he's a nice guy. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then since then, everything I've heard about him is that, and he's obviously because he's gay, he's very outspoken about gay rights yeah. and, and all that. <clears throat> so much so that I like, I learned this from my kids when Zayn Malik was still in One Direction, he tweeted something about that was anti-gay. It was very homophobic. Oh. Um, and even Tyler Oakley said, wow, this really bums me out. What do you, I can't believe you said this. And I thought, well, that's a bold thing to do. Because yeah. you know he got backlash from One Direction fans who immediately said, don't do that. Don't pick on them. Because that's what they do. But And this show is just another example. He's on with his, his boyfriend. They clearly yeah, love each other. Wow. No, they make clear in this episode that they are not a couple and never have been. Eh, really? You don't think they ever hooked up? I don't know. Maybe. They're really close, and they're cute. They're cute together. Okay, they might have fucked or whatever, but I don't think they're. I, I think it's wrong to call them boyfriends. Okay, okay, that's fine. But I'm saying their their relationship, and maybe this is a gay thing because I don't know a lot of gay guys who are friends and not couples. <laughs> I'll admit that, but uh, maybe. But they just seem really close. They just they're just really familiar with each other. Like if I didn't know better, I'd think they were brothers. Mm. You know what I mean? Or like grew up together, best friends, that kind of thing. But because they're clearly not brothers though, because yeah. they couldn't look more different. So they're great. Bernie's funny. And the kid the video kid, the kid making those crazy videos is great, mainly for this week's episode, when his girlfriend fucks up so severely oh, right. with yeah. the train money. And it's one of those great Amazing race moments, and partly because it's engineered to be such. But when he goes, I think you were counting wrong, and the music stings, yeah. and she sits there 
hoping she wasn't counting wrong while yeah. he's going, you fucking did it. We got to turn well, around. He doesn't say that. Right. In his mind is what sure, he's saying. Yeah, yeah. He's saying, God damn it. Let's just stop now and turn around and go back and fucking do this. And it's the moment. I don't know if you've had this. I do this constantly in my life. Do you take the opportunity to lose your shit because you have every right to yeah. in that case? Because, uh, you know, when we're <clears throat> immature or just in a bad mood or whatever, sometimes you want to take that opportunity right. to go off on the person who was wrong and who fucked up. Or do you take the high road because you have enough presence of mind to realize it's will do no good at that point. Let's yeah, just suck, even, suck it up. It's not even the high road. It's the golden rule that you learned in elementary school. Yes. It's like, if just put yourself in the other person's shoes. If I had fucked up here, I wouldn't yeah. need want to be ring, like raked over the coals for it. I, yeah. I would already feel bad. But she must feel bad. Yes. I'm going to be. And that's, and that's exactly what thing. happens. When teams do that, I talked yeah. about it last season in the, at the, at the, like the second to last episode when there were the two, were they dancers who the one couldn't do that water underwater? Right. Right. The it, jumping off. Yeah. yeah. It, put, it, it put them so far behind. They ended up getting eliminated because she couldn't do this. And her friend was, like, so supportive. And yeah. At no point was like, come on, hurry up. You yeah, know, yeah. How, are you, how can't you do this? was so supportive. Yeah. I, this is why I talk about... Um, this is why I don't like Survivor. Mm-hmm. Because Survivor encourages people to be underhanded yeah. and backstabbing. and It's part of the game. And not nice. Whereas The Amazing yeah. Race, you can run a great race mm-hmm. and you can win a million dollars... And still be nice the whole time. It doesn't yeah. require it of you. And even the times when, you know, you can quote unquote fuck somebody over or whatever, even that is sometimes you're forced to do that. Yeah, yeah. You're forced to make that decision. Like at a, uh, I mean, there's a part of the, the game that is, that is, that's what it's for. This is an opportunity for you to better yourself in the game by penalizing someone else. Now, every single person on the show says to themselves, is there an advantage to doing this? Because there are always advantages and disadvantages. They all weigh them out and yeah. go either yes or no and then move on. It's, it, I think maybe once in the history of that show that I see somebody say it was a personal thing. Like, yeah, I, we got to get rid of them because they bug me. Yeah, I think some people have done it in, in, a, in a vindictive way. But because unlike Survivor and Big Brother and all these other reality shows, they don't spend all fucking day together. Right. So the so the teams don't get on each other's nerves. They get on their own nerves from their yeah. partners. But if you don't like someone who's on the amazing race with you, you can run the entire race never saying a word to them. Right. Never never talking yeah. to them. And if that, you want. there's actually a great dramatic tension that we saw um, in this um, in this episode. Oh yeah, yeah. The team that eventually got eliminated. They met up with another team, the the two women, and they both said. We haven't seen anyone else all day. We don't know if we're the first two teams or the last two teams. Yeah. That's a great, like, uh, for, you know, that's, uh, what do you call it? Um, there's a there's a literary term for, like, dramatic irony. When you know something that the characters don't. Right, right, right. Uh, that, that's, uh, that makes it fun to watch. Yeah, because, yeah, and again, like I said, it's engineered, but that's, it's television. It should be. Um, I, li- I like this season because there are, Teams that like the two frisbee guys, they might as well be faceless hunks. Uh-huh. They're they're so 
indeterminate from each other, you know. I don't know what their names are. There's beard and not beard. Yeah, there you go. And (laughs) nothing, I don't have anything against them, but they're not interesting to me. And I like the way they run their race. You know, them throwing that rocks was fun to watch. That whole rock thing I thought was great. The whole time, both my wife and I, Mrs. Hall and I were like, we got to do that. Right? It looks like so much fun. Again, how many fucking seasons has this show been on? And they're still finding cool shit to show. And it's what I've always said. Even if you don't like reality TV, if you don't like people from New Zealand, if you don't like (laughs) shit that's on CBS... Watch it with the sound down, because the shit they show you is amazing. Especially since they switched to HD. Yeah, It took them too long to do, but they've been HD for a few years. Yes, you have to watch it. I mean, just the fucking travelogue. Look at this gorgeous beach. Look at this fucking mountain. Look at this cool thing you can do here. Here's a... Look, every time they reach a destination, and there's a representative from the country, it's fucking great. Yeah. When those two Miss Whatevers showed up... And it was Miss Cartagena, Miss Iowa, Miss Florida. They were like, wow, we're Miss This and Miss That. It was fun, and it was cute. My favorite... And the thing I actually... Mrs. Hall and I both liked this so much that we watched it again, when the one woman is crying at the mat, and Uh Miss Cartagena, like... Reaches forward and brushes the te- tears off her cheeks. Miss <laughs> Cartagena is like a real life angel, right? She's beautiful, and she comes in. Like, Shouldn't she wipe be? Your tears away? She's Miss Fucking Cartagena. What do you expect? <laughs> yeah, man, it's there's some fun stuff on this show. I wish, honestly, that they would show more of the stuff between Phil and the people talking. I, I mean, obviously, unlike other shows, they have to show them doing shit. Unlike Survivor and Big Brother, you know, there's a lot of doing shit that also doesn't happen at the same time. You got, what, 12 teams. You got to show them all, you know, rigging a boat, you know, or not doing it. So you don't have time for conversations and fucking around. It's not that kind of a show. But whenever there's a fun little give and take between Phil and them, because he's been doing it forever. Yeah. So shit occurs to him that he said or thought about saying, and he'll say it anyways and do the eyebrow thing. When he's you know. talking, you're talking about talking the contestants at the mat. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I also like him and sometimes him and the all of the it. local presenter. Yeah. Like, well, my favorite thing is when they're waiting, they're waiting for two teams to find the mat, and then it cuts to Phil who will like lean over toward the presenter and point whenever he sees the person <laughs> I coming. Know. He I know. That's always funny to me. One of the new things, speaking of Phil, new-ish, not new this season, but for the past couple seasons, um, that they've done, not every week, but sometimes Phil explaining the challenges at the same time the teams are Like while he's up. right there behind them? Yeah, that's yeah, really I like exciting. That. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think, and it, I don't know, it adds more realism to the show because for sometimes it feels like they don't see Phil until the end when they show up. Hi, Phil. Like, they just met him that day when they land yeah, on yeah, the mat. Yeah. But when he's there and they run up and are doing shit and he's right there, it makes it just more real. Yeah, because yeah. Phil's right there with them. And it gives the impression, which is probably close to true, that this is a this is a pro- an entire production that's traveling the country, traveling the world of at course. the same rate as these racers. Yeah. And they're struggling to make sure they get everything set That's up. why the show works, because that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Each team has their own sound guy and their own camera guy, and they're a four-person team. And each team has their own producer. One producer handles, like, three or four teams. And then as they teams get eliminated, they move on, and they handle whatever. And, yeah, it's, it's a well-oiled machine over there. Uh... And still fucking working. It amazes me because honestly, the people who run that, Bertram Van Munster and his wife are 
the fucking worst. They're the typical <laughs> Hollywood power couple. They're successful. They're smart. They're rich. She's gorgeous. He looks like an old German man. Yeah, but that sounded awful. Right? <laughs> but they're just the fucking most horrible people. He's the kind of guy who comes out of his office and goes, Who's cooking fish? And while the guy who's making a tuna sandwich goes, and he's a, and they're like, don't make any more tuna sandwiches. It's that kind Jesus of place, Christ. right? Oh, that, I hate that. Yes, I do too. Because a, that's not okay. You shouldn't do that. It's a fucking place of work. I don't care if you are the boss or the owner. That's not how you act at work. And second of all, I have the right to make a fucking tuna sandwich at work. Yeah. Fuck you. There's a kitchen at our work. You don't like it? Close your door. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast the other day. I won't say which one. But uh, one of the hosts used to be a PA on a successful show. Oh, okay. And this was years ago. And he said, and he said it kind of like, isn't this funny? He was like, to this day, I can quote you my boss's exact Starbucks order, which was like this ridiculous long. <laughs> In my head, I went, you poor guy. Like, yeah. You're, the fact that you think that's funny, you have some sort of Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. Right? Oh, absolutely. Because well, you have to. If that's your job... You have to you have to either be mad at your job constantly and die of a heart attack, uh-huh. or you have to accept it like that's who I am. I think that's this is I why sing I... I sing that coffee order to myself on my way to Starbucks. Yeah, because and granted, if you're a, you know if you're sane, you you realize everything is only temporary and you put it behind you when you leave. I... And obviously, he had to do that to survive. This is why I dropped out of the whole PA. Racket. I, I couldn't. No, it's I, I not for everybody. It, like, it sucks. Yeah. PA is not a job that anyone over the age of 25 should do. Right. I mean, it does often, not often, but it does sometimes lead to things. Oh, yeah. And, and it, I, I, might, I might have in the long term screwed myself out of a but that's, job, but I, I couldn't do it. But that's what, went, that's the whole point. Instead. That's the point, right? Is that if you can do that job and suck it up right. and re- not take things so personal, you then are better suited to be a higher up and be a producer yeah, or I mean, that, it you know, does executive. work out that way, but it also adds it, it, it reinforces this culture of Hollywood treat and, and the entertainment industry yeah. treating itself as if it's somehow more important than what other people do. You and know, also, like, like, oh, you really have to earn your yeah, your, your, you have to pay your dues in this industry. It's like, like swimming with sharks. Yeah, you're not, but you're not saving any fucking lives. You're right. Know? Like what you do is less important. Yes, than what a lot of absolutely. Do. It's just because there's so much money involved. Yeah, people assume it must be important. The other downside is it because entertainment is such a personal business. I mean, the, the whole premise of the entertainment business is that you make a personal connection with the consumer. They have a personal uh, reaction to whatever the movie okay. or TV show or song they're listening to. And yet, there are still so many people in the entertainment business who say it's not personal, it's just business. I think everything's personal. And even in regular business, if you fuck over somebody and you'd say, sorry, it's it's not personal, you're a fucking monster and you can go fuck yourselves. And sadly, the entertainment business is 99% people like that. Paul, it's, it's show business, not show friends. <laughs> David Bax. I'll say this. When I was working at the morning after, they would often have interns come in because... Uh, they could get interns to work for free and because colleges are constantly looking at new media for to places to send their interns and Hulu is a great place to do that learn about uh-huh. this new fucking thing if you're in college and you know you're you get a job at a network you're like yeah I used to work at a show that was on Hulu none of those people are that guy mm-hmm. so anyways we get interns in there and our intern was a nice guy he talked a little too much 
Uh, but again, he was in college, so he was that kid. But at one point, I said out loud in the room where he was in, can we send the intern to get coffee? Clearly, because A, I wanted some coffee, and B, I thought, well, if that's part of his job, then great. But I said it loud enough for him to hear it because he was right next to me, and everybody else also heard it. So uh-huh. I wasn't trying to be a dick or cause any trouble. But he immediately turns around and goes, oh, please don't make me get coffee. And I went, okay. And I stood up. Because there was a coffee bean. There's a McDonald's right next door and a coffee bean across the street. So it wasn't a big deal. And I like to leave the office anyways, just like you do. So I said, okay, I'm going to go. Anybody want anything? And that was the end of it. Because if I wanted to be a dick who said it's not personal, I could have said, hey, intern, go get my fucking coffee and be quick about it. (laughs) And I would have been well within my rights. Everyone would have said, wow, you're an asshole. But I would have been well within my rights on a business level. Right. But I didn't fucking do that. Yeah. In fact, I offered to get other people coffee because I'm a fucking good person. But not the intern. He, the funny thing was, everybody. whenever I would leave to go get coffee, I would always ask if anybody wanted anything. And everybody said no except this one dude, Jeff, who worked there, who always said yes, always got something different, and never offered to pay. He never really? said, how much do I owe you or whatever. Oof. He was one of those dudes. He was that guy in the office. But I loved him. I, I don't know if he, I don't think he listens, but I loved Jeff. That's, I loved everybody I worked that's with. That's strike two against him. That, he, that I loved him? No, first he doesn't pay. Second, he doesn't listen to our show. <laughs> no, but everybody there was funny. I loved everybody I worked with at the morning after. Uh, so, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, are we done with this then? Yeah, I think so. I'm really enjoying the season. And I'm sorry to see the, the, the brothers... Because they were brothers, not because they're black. I was sorry to see them get <laughs> the brothers, made. brothers. Yeah, I I expected to not like this at all, but it's much better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And now that they're whittling down the weaker teams, you know, it was. <laughs> I will say I was a little disappointed. The very first leg was a non-elimination, but it seemed to me it's because that's like there's two old people on the show, and they yeah. didn't want to eliminate half of their old people in the first episode. Okay. I, I mean, I thought. I mean. Uh... Yeah, I, they always have a reason for not doing it. Well, we're agreed so. that they do it at their own discretion now, right? I, wonder, I think they have, yeah, three that they can parsel out. Well, because like, they used like, to it's say... Like, it's like a coach having three timeouts. Right. <laughs> like, they get to use them. Well, because they, they used to say, this is one of a predetermined right. non-elimination leg. The minute they stopped saying that word predetermined, right. it was because they don't predetermine it anymore. They were admitting... If there's a team that's about to get eliminated, yeah. we want to keep them. So, yeah. I mean, if that bugs you about the show, and they, then don't watch. There used to not be non-eliminations at all. Right. Because Phil would say every week, uh, one team will, will be. be eliminated. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you could tell. There were a few episodes where sometimes it was Shell, sometimes it was Will, and yeah. sometimes it was May. Yes. And I would and always go... the transition period. Right? Yeah. And I would look at my wife and go, oh, maybe eliminated. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was exci- more exciting then, yeah. but... Obviously, it's a better production. But I'm glad they did uh, uh, the non-elimination first leg because I like that team. I think they're very entertaining. That's why they do it because you don't want to see your favorite team go home. And then when they do finally go home, you go, ah, they had a shot. Gave them their shot. Oh, well. Because it is frustrating when just shit goes wrong. And you're like, man, that blows. Because you see it on their face. You know exactly how they feel. You're like, fuck, one bad mistake. Those girls is the best example. When they left their taxi and had to run back to it. Yeah, yeah. If, if they had gotten their taxi, 
and left, they wouldn't have been passed by the two dudes yeah. who, you know, passed them and finished before them. Yeah. It's, and they knew as soon as those guys passed them in a the car and they were running to their car, they just stopped and went, yeah, it's over. Yeah. We're not going to beat them. So, yeah, it's, it's still the same fucking show. Uh, that it was uh, and still doing the right thing. It amazes me. Has there ever been a fully bad season of The Amazing Race? And I think the closest is the one where they did where it was instead of two person teams and it was family. Oh yeah, the family. Was that was the worst, without a doubt. But I think yeah. most people don't even most people don't even consider that yeah. the same show. It still had some fun. The fact that they didn't leave the country. How right. can you say it's the Amazing Race right. when you yeah. just are going to America? It might, they might as well. They honestly should have called it the Amazing Race Junior or the Amazing Race Colon Family Edition. Right. Just give it a different title, just like Project Runway Junior or Project Runway All Stars or Project Runway Duel or Project Runway Outside or Project Runway in Space. All do those you, shows. Do you remember that about at about the time that uh, Amazing Race premiered? I don't know if it was the same season or maybe a year later. There was a show that didn't last that was essentially The Amazing Race only in America. I want to say it was called like Lost in America or something like that. Well, there was a show called Lost that Conan O'Brien premiered that was long before the actual Lost. The premise was they dropped two people off and one crew guy somewhere in the world or in America. Okay. And they had to find, the, find out where they are and get home. But Lost. Oh, yeah, I remember that. You remember I, that I, one? I don't think that's what I'm talking about, though. But it was just called Lost. It was okay. It was long before I remember that. the regular old Lost. All right, so what are we watching next week? All right, so next week I want to watch The Family, uh, this new Joan Allen show. And um, here's the thing. Now, we haven't talked about how Angel from Hell got canceled, right? Uh, no, I didn't realize that it had been canceled. Yeah, it has. And of all the things, of all the shows that came and went this season, you know, we agreed. This is probably the best sitcom of the season right did you keep watching it uh, I didn't but didn't we I, I, I think you said that but I think I still said The Grinder is the best okay the better new sitcom but Angels from Hell was good it was really good and uh, I thought it was a good fit on CBS Brooke and I watched every week laughed out loud amazing cast Kevin Pollock was great I don't know why people didn't watch it maybe because the old people who watch CBS were offended who fucking knows but it was great <laughs> Uh, and I, I remember at the beginning of the year thinking, if this show does it right, it will be the funniest sitcom. And it was, but no one watched it. The Family, I think, I remember I said the same thing. I remember when we talked about it in the preview show, you went, oh, that sounds amazing. And it does sound amazing. Yeah. And it's got a good cast. Allison Pill, uh, Poppinlock from uh, The Way Way Back, Joan Allen, of course, uh, in... in <laughs> Matt Saracen. Matt Saracen, yeah, right? Uh, we love Matt Saracen from the Friday Night Lights. Yeah. So, it should be good. If it hits right, it'll be amazing, but there's a very good chance it could fail, and I'll be as disappointed as I was out all the other shows this season. Do you feel, on the on the billboards and the one sheet and the bus ads, do you feel bad for that actor in the middle? The, the kid? Yeah, who's because... Kinda. He's the one you, you can't see his face. This is like his big break on TV, yeah. and his face is completely obscure. Well, what's funny on is... The, on, the, on the billboard. He was on every season of... Um, the fuck was that show? The murder of Rosie Schuster? The fuck... The killing. <laughs> the killing. Okay. She was. He was on every episode. He played her kid. He played Muriel oh, Enos' son. Oh, that's who that is. Yeah, yeah. yeah but in great. the first season, he was little. He was very young, and since then, he's basically become a young man. He was in the way way back, and he was right in the in this 
the midpoint of becoming okay. a becoming a man. You know, that was the point of that movie. He was, okay. you know, in, in his awkward stage. But now he's like in this last season of the killing. Uh, he was only in one episode, I think, but he was grown up. He's tall, right. you know. He looks like a, a young man for sure. So the guy's a good actor, but this is going to be uh, a stretch. I think he will carry the show. Either you know, if he doesn't pull it off, then it'll be because the the uh, we're going to get into it. Yeah, so, we'll, talk <laughs> we'll talk about it next week. Who's the kid from um, Wayward Pines? That's a different kid. Yeah, but it's I don't know for some reason they seem. I've only seen him on Wayward Pines. The, the That's same. coming back. Yeah. You hear about that? that? That looks interesting. Yeah. All right, so the family is what I want to watch. And um, you? I want to watch uh, a, uh, an HBO documentary called Mavis! Exclamation point. With exclamation point. Yeah. About, about, Mavis. about Mavis Staples. Mavis Staples. Okay, so that's what we're watching next week. The family and Mavis. And we'll, of course, have our Oscar uh, thoughts? Do you, are you guys? You're not doing a special Oscar thing for Battleship Pretension. Oh, Tyler is. I don't do it. Tyler does. What is it? He just he will he will watch the Oscars tonight, and then he will pick some of our friends of the show, one or more other people, mm-hmm. to record a sort of immediate like wrap up and reaction and post it within a couple hours oh, of, of the Oscars. That's cool. And then that's we. Since the beginning of Battleship Retention, we used to do that every Oscars. And then you got sick of it. And I got sick of doing it, so for the past few years, it's just been Tyler and uh, whoever he uh, chooses. So you're just going to, as far as the Oscars go, you're just going to watch them? I am just going to watch them, and I'm uh, not going to live tweet. Uh, I'm not going to read Twitter. I am just going to enjoy the goddamn Oscars, because Uh I find that I enjoy it more when I'm not dealing with the negativity of the internet. Uh, I like to just sit there and say, let's watch this. I was working hard at a New York job, making dough, but it made me blue. One day I was crying a lot, and so I decided to move to West Covina, California. Brand new pals and new career. It happens to be where Josh lives, but that's not why I'm here. She's the crazy ex-girlfriend. What? No, I'm not. She's the crazy ex-girlfriend. That's a sexist term. She's the crazy ex-girlfriend. Can you guys stop singing for just a second? She's so broken inside. The situation's a lot more nuanced than that. C-R-A-Z-Y. Okay, we get it. Crazy ex-girlfriend.